short lecture in the form of a course description. My idea for a class is you just sit in the classroom and read aloud until everyone is smiling. And then you look around. And if someone is not smiling, you ask them why. And then you keep reading. It may take many different books until they start smiling, too. Hi, this is Elizabeth Scanlon, and this is the American Poetry Review Podcast. I'm here with Stephen and Hannah. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, it's nice to see your faces. It's always nice to be back in the room with you guys. Um, we, we have a new issue. We have a new issue out, of course. Um, November, December 2023 is out in the world. Pragita Sharma is on the cover. Um, as always, as I like to say, we have an embarrassment of riches. Um, Mary Alice Daniel, Ariana Benson, Sharon Olds, Kazem Ali, Jade Ishpande, the list goes on and on. But we're actually not going to jump right into that today because we've been talking about something else entirely. And that is, um, namely, Mary Rufel. We've been talking about Mary yeah. Rufel. Completely blown away. Well, you know, I, I brought Mary Rufel in, and I actually thought what might be an interesting beginning, mm-hmm. of course, the first essay in Madness, Rack, and Honey is Beginnings, which was fun uh, to discover. Um, I was sitting on my couch at, at one point with an infant, and um and, my an infant an infant <laughs> I, I every day i'm not really sure how she got there mm-hmm. and my eyes were rotting from looking at this tiny screen uh-huh. and i reached out to a number of friends and said send me readings actual books actual no or like actual... like uh youtube oh, clips yes, right, or like course. readings that i could engage with and you know and somehow lived through having an infant. Mm. And um, one of them was the, what is it, 28 short essays, uh, a performance. Yes. 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 Hannah made a very good distinction when we were talking about this before, was that I referred to it as a reading, and Hannah was like, oh, no. No, it's, it's a full it's a full performance. It it's really like is. it might as well be stand-up comedy. It's, <laughs> like, I mean, it's so good. Like, and her presence is so good. Yeah, there are props there's yes right song that's right there are music cues Outfit it's a whole changes. thing no. <laughs> cricket sounds <laughs> and for, for those of you who are wondering what this is you can just search on on um on youtube and it's at harvard it is it's called 28 short lectures, lectures. Right. um and it is at the woodbury poetry room at harvard and it's from 2013 but of course you know poetry being the news that stays news um it's it is completely fresh. It's like ever, it is, evergreen. Yeah, absolutely. Ten years. Why yeah. all our literary pursuits are useless. Eighty-five percent of all existing species are beetles and various forms of insects. English is spoken by only five percent of the world's population. why there may be hope. One of the greatest stories ever written is the story of a man who wakes to find himself transformed into a giant beetle. So yes, I mean, uh, do you remember who sent that to you? Was I mean, it was just, uh, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, <laughs> I sort of do, but I'm I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> well, whoever it was, it was a really good tip because yeah. you watched it, then you told me I watched about it, it like ten times at yeah. this point. I just I just watch it, and then it it makes me yeah. It makes me want to write. It makes me want to think. It makes me want to be a hundred percent alive. I totally get it because when you mentioned it to me, um, I don't know if you knew at the time or not that I was like a super fan of Madness Rack and Honey, but it is like one of my favorite books. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite books of Mary Ruffles, but overall, like it's it's high in yeah. the rankings for me. I mean, because there is so much. Uh, there's so much enjoyment in there and so much inspiration in there. Yeah. Um, but the the performance, the reading that she gives uh, in this YouTube video um, is focusing on the the short lectures uh, sequence from Madness, Rack and Honey. Um, and it was really, it it just, it was like hearing it all again for the first time. You, you know what? It struck me this morning as I was, uh, as I put it back in my headphones, driving down mm-hmm. to the podcast studio in beautiful Rittenhouse, Philadelphia, <laughs> um, is that, okay, so they're poems, they're, they're lectures and they're essays, but really... They're prose poems. They're prose poems. Yeah. And um, I haven't taught, thankfully, I haven't taught comp in quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I say thankfully because I can't write like that <laughs> you know it's not what there's nothing like wrong that? with that you mean like expository yeah like the, logical you know, in, in this essay i will exactly <laughs> okay and w- i think what i was coming to at the end of my time as a um as a comp teacher mm-hmm. which again i will never do again <laughs> he's out of his comp era <laughs> i'm out of my comp era <laughs> right. um is that we should be I, I like I am a hundred percent sure that we should be thinking of essays in the same way we think of poems. Yes, and we have gotten. I mean, I think there's probably any number of uh, Fox News, MSNBC uh, discussion points that we could point to as to why we don't talk about essays like poems anymore. Right. But these essays really get at the idea that an essay should be searching, a right. lecture should be searching. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. And that the enjoyment of the thought process of being present for yourself thinking is is such a pleasure and is, you know, the point in and of itself, right? I mean, one of the things that I found so enjoyable about, you know, the, the like YouTube experience of 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 hearing her read from these is that um I mean, maybe this is a banal to say because this is why we all go to readings, I guess, those of us who do. But uh, hearing her inflections and hearing how some of the lines land um, out loud really changed things for me. I mean, I was I was making little notes as I was listening of the things that of the phrases that had not drawn my attention quite the same way before. Um she tells, I mean, there's so many great sort of embedded anecdotes in those poems slash lectures as well. Um, I made a note of right up towards the top where she says, the difference between myself and a student is that I am better at not knowing what I am doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. That's the <laughs> stuff. Short lecture on Socrates. I am forever telling my students I know nothing about poetry, and they never believe me. I do not know what my poems are about, except on rare occasions, and I never know what they mean. 
I have met and spoken to many poets who feel the same way, and one among them once put it this way. The difference between myself and a student is that I am better at not knowing what I am doing. I couldn't put it any better if I tried. She's done it. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think like a lot of my favorite writers slash poets are ones who who engage in this sort of like short, prosy, poemy, mm. luxury thing. Like I love Sabrina Ora Mark's work. Yeah. Um, she, you know, is a poet who was writing like in sort of verse and then now is switched over to a lot more essay-like prose, but it still has the sort of heart of poetry mm -hmm. and that discovery bit that, that you know, you don't want to start a poem knowing where it's going to end, right? That's what people say. Right. Um, and these definitely have that. I think her work has that. I think about Lydia Davis's work. Yes. Um, I think about Ann Carson's work. Yes. Um, and all. <laughs> I'm just being your hype man. Don't <laughs> mind me. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. And all of these women, um, like write work that I find like super inspirational and like makes me want to write. And they're mostly not poems. The ones that I'm thinking of, mm -hmm. in you know, in like a lineated sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They have that 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 spirit, whatever that is. I don't know if it's discovery or like. What do you mean you don't have it? You have it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> sure, thank you. You. We're but, experiencing it right now. That's right. Here we are. We're discovering mm -hmm. together. Um, yeah, but they 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 have that poemy thing, whatever that thing is right. that that I recognize in writing that I'm like, that's a poem, even right. if it doesn't look like whatever people teach you a poem right. is. Okay, so this brings me to another thing that I noted from her reading, another line or phrase that uh, was so, I mean, it, to me is just so rich, um, but also like has, like it has humor, it has so many things. I'll just say the thing. I'm, um, I made a note of her line that said, art does not exist, but persist. The desire for making it being the thing. Is that from the, um, on death? You know, I actually was not, I did not go back and like cross-reference my notes. Transcendent. I was, well, I was, I was trying to it actually is. listen to it without looking at the book to like allow the things to land as they would. Um, but you're probably right. It's yeah. Probably. <laughs> we, and, 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 and this, this essay, oh, so good, mm -hmm. starts out mad. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. as all good writing should, right from <laughs> yeah. a position of um, these idiots. Oh, I have been the, living. Is that the one on from, craft? No, okay. that was the next one I wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah, that's also, my favorite one. But no, that on death is the one where um, Oprah says Oprah, no yeah. good books are being yes. written anymore, and um, good books are getting harder to find. Good, or something. Right, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Which is which? Which just for you know, let, let's let's shout out the fiction writers right now. Uh, not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we all know, but on, on death, she says that, um, only the dead can teach us about living. Yes. And I was thinking about the, um, the generation of mentors that I have, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you have had, and I'm assuming yours are still alive <laughs> and, um, and everybody on the radio format of podcasts know those who I was pointing at with each of those. <laughs> and um, 
the, those poems that folks write late in their lives that are mm-hmm. all about dying mm-hmm. till they die mm-hmm. and they become all about living mm-hmm. after they die. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't stop thinking about how, how profound that is that the worry of death becomes the, you know, becomes really what it meant to live. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the late poems of Mark Strand of, uh, James Tate. What was that name of that great, uh, book with the rooster on the front? Uh, it was James Tate's last book. Um, was it no the Shroud of the Gnome? I think it was post po- posthumous. Oh, oh, oh. That there's a new collection oh. of James Tate that's about to come out. Uh, a collected, right? Uh, it's a selected. Selected. Um, I'm very excited. It's called <laughs> Hell, Hell. I love everybody. Yeah. Um, which yeah, we're, we're good times. A, Jesus. Yes. Everybody exactly. knows. Uh, Make America Tate again. Am I right? <laughs> No, edit this out, Joey. We're at this, <laughs> this is a digression, but I do have to shout out Hell I Love Everybody. Yeah. Because that so book excited. is going to be a really excellent uh, Forward book. by Terrence Hayes. Yes. Exactly. I'm, I'm clearly very excited about yes, this as it's well. Yes, so yeah. it's so good. It's so good. But where were we? We were talking about how Mary Rufel is the greatest. So then Craft. Craft. Craft is it's the, the one, one that has stuck with me for the longest and the idea that we've I, I've gone over in, in class with students that craft is the searching of the boat. The difference between a raft and a craft is the searching forward to back. Right. Also, just, you know, as a recommendation for, for people actually watching the video, the little anecdote that she tells about that essay poem, lecture, whatever we're choosing to call it today, um, where she says that it was rejected for publication and somebody said it was because it was anti-intellectual and stupid. And I was like, like, I literally, I I was aghast, not only at the rudeness of whoever said that to her, um, but that when you then read or listen to that piece, it is deeply intellectual. I know, I was was waiting for it to like get silly or something because she is silly at points throughout this video and these lectures is always wait, waiting for like something disqualifying or something to come <laughs> up in the lecture and it's just like super rich and yeah. lovely and yeah is, is it is it what does that mean that uh, anti-intellectual is it that it's non-didactic is that what people are saying? I mean, who knows? But I now I want to That's a very good put question. my beliefs on them as they have on, <laughs> on, on this Mar- essay. On right. What is anti-intellectual? I mean, I feel like I know it when I see it, but I don't know what the person who said that to her thought that they were seeing. Um, because to me, um, uh, good intellectual is exactly what is present in that poem because she's doing something that has to do with etymology and she's doing something imaginative and she's doing something history based and she's doing something forward thinking. And it's like, those are all of the functions that I appreciate about active intellect, you know? Um, But, or not all. I think it's the showing of the mind rather than the, there's something about the showing rather than the, you know, um, putting on a pedestal, the uh, thinking that I've already done. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's no landing or like, mm. like there's no sort of like finality. I yeah. think that maybe if I were, I mean, I don't even kind of want to give any credence to the no. rudeness yeah. of whoever said that. Um, it's good that we don't know who it was, so that she refrained from telling us who it was because we would just be, you know, reading for filth. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> You're far too young. On the, cra- um, on the craft, but, right, right. 
Oh, sorry. No, or, I was going to say, but I think that if I were to give any um, understanding to that comment, I think it may be a reaction to the playfulness mm -hmm. that she is engaging in when she kind of goes from craft to raft to aft, you know, in breaking down these kind of um, uh, shifts in her thinking about what um, the, the function or the vehicle uh, of the poem is, right? And, but it's like that playfulness is, again, part of what we're all, I think, aspiring to in um, making a poem a pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was, I was going to say, in, in a, um, the idea of a landing spot is interesting in that it's about craft, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the metaphor is of the, of the boat, the right. craft, right? And the idea, I don't know what, there's no landing spot to my comment on landing spot, but there's, there's some <laughs> connection between that we have uh, a vessel that is moving in a direction, right? That's the mm -hmm. idea of craft is that her idea of craft is I understanding it, right? Is that it's not aimless, that we're headed somewhere, but we don't know where, mm -hmm. right? The landing point is not necessarily the, um, the objective. Right. Well, point well, being, point being that, um, this is in some ways, this is this, conversation we're having is really just a love letter to Mary Ruffel. And I may actually, you know, sit down and write her letter after this because she is a great writer of letters. Mm. Uh, I'll have you know. And uh, as I think many people know, because she doesn't really use, she doesn't go in for computers much. So she, uh, you know. Awesome. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah. Just, yeah, it does. It absolutely tracks with the aesthetic. Um, uh, but also I just think that uh, hearkening back to other previous conversations that we've had on this podcast about what makes a reading great. Um, this is a, this YouTube video, 28 short lectures uh, by Mary Ruffel is a great one. Um, and I w would be remiss if I didn't also say that my um, enjoyment of no spoilers, but come on, it's a poetry reading, right? She ends it on this in this way that I've never seen anybody do before where she just kind of like, turns the sound up on this Van Morrison recording and then she just sits down yeah. behind the podium like there's a trap door in the floor yeah. and lets the Van Morrison fill the room uh and it was so cool everyone's kind of looking around at each other like are we done what's going on at one point someone in the audience like gets up off to the side to like leave. And I thought it was her like sneaking out of her own reading for a second. I was like, that's great. Love that. Love it. Love <laughs> I thought it. she had like done a quick change behind the podium and was right. like leaving her, her reading just to, to everyone to yeah. sit and ponder. <laughs> yeah. At first I also thought that she had somehow vanished, vanished because when yeah. she sits down, it's like, she's just gone. gone. Anyway. But again, you know, found material in poetry. Why not? Right. And, and and what struck me in that moment is just how intensely creative it is. Yeah. And how have we gotten so staid in the <gasps> right, way that yeah. we make arguments and the way that we communicate with people? Van Morrison, sure. Well, and also the, pi the piece that she plays is actually... Rave John, right? It's Rave on, Rave on John right. Dunn. And okay. it is... Van Morrison talking, like sort of praising, it's kind of a praise song to poets, right? So it's like, it's not a, it's not a random choice, but it is um, a, it is, you know, sort of whimsical or just like, it's just fun that she chose to conclude the, the reading that way. And someone um, turns down the song a little bit. 
<laughs> and she's like, turn it up. Louder. There's the, uh, <laughs> exactly. right. Right. She shakes her head and says louder. Yeah. yeah. It's so amazing. So good. Um, so does, are we going to, I think we should read a Mary Rufel we poem should. like while we're here. Does, does somebody have a, um, a choice? We've got, you know, I love to hear the pages turning when we're recording. Um, Hannah, Stephen, do you have a pick? I can read one. You should. I mean, you can too, but I just, um, I have her book dunce here this is a little one called the note the little note you left by the green soap after the room was empty i took it go to greenland go straight to the boat do not even stop to get coffee when you see the icebergs say hi melting they told me everything's going to be fine I love her. I love her. You want to cry. I mean, (laughs) it's got so much going on. Yeah. I mean, I think it has that same sense as, as the, as the lectures of the point is not, it's, you're not bludgeoned to death, but it's a very light touch. Yeah. Boy, do you get it. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's a kindness and a, uh, yeah. Short lecture on lectures. Ramakrishna said, given a choice between going to heaven and hearing a lecture on heaven, people would choose a lecture. (laughs) That is remarkably true and remarkably sad. And the same remarkably true and sad thing can be said about poetry here among us this evening. I'm Elizabeth Scanlon. Hannah Gelman. And Stephen Kleinman. Thank you so much for listening. That was a lot of fun. Please follow the American Poetry Review on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. 